1: This is an opportunity to extend the warranty coverage on your vehicle before it's too late. To take advantage of this opportunity, press three now.
0: Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm
2: Madison Malone-Kircher. You're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture.
0: And we have good news. (sighs) Ah, what a treat. I mean, once again, Abda Elementary is coming through and providing us the incredible happy feelings that we need to make it through these dark times.
2: What we're saying is Emmy nominations came out this week, and um, Abbott Elementary is in it to win it.
0: Sweeping the nominations.
2: (laughs) Uh, Abbott Elementary, which is a delightful comedy we've recommended many times, has been nominated for an Outstanding Comedy Series Emmy.
0: Rachel, would you like to continue with the list? I would. It's creator Quinta Brunson scored two more Emmy nominations just for herself for lead actress in a comedy series and outstanding writing in a comedy series. Ooh. Tyler James Williams was nominated for supporting actor and both Janelle James and Cheryl Lee Ralph found
2: themselves nominated for supporting actress in a comedy series. And if I ran the Emmys, I would give two
0: in that category this year. I'm just saying. It's I, an option. It's, it should be an option. If you
2: haven't watched Abbott Elementary, um, just do it. Thank us later. And then go listen to our episode about desking, uh, which is a fake TikTok challenge that they made up in Abbott Elementary, which is like the most delightfully accurate representation of how challenges work online I think we've seen in popular
0: culture to date. I mean, and it makes sense because it's coming from none other than Quinta, who we should always know got her start online. She is one of, I would say, this generation's first Internet talents that has made its way to mainstream fame. <laughs> Take us through the journey, Rachel. I mean, she went from posting videos on Instagram. Remember, oh, he got money. Don't be nasty. Be nasty, but he got money, though. We saw her on BuzzFeed with the whole cache of talent. That if you want to find out why they left BuzzFeed, there are a lot of videos called "Why I Left." You will Buzzfeed. never watch anything else on YouTube again <laughs> if you type this into the search bar. Don't do it.
2: And now she's on primetime television in less than a decade. I mean.
0: Suck it, Charlie D'Amelio, Dixie. Which one had the reality show? Was it all of them? It was, I think, the whole family, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) (laughs) All of this is just the best news. Absolutely fantastic. And I will say that there's a highlight of this highlight, which is the video of Cheryl Lee Ralph, which is posted by her son on Instagram. And it's of her receiving the call that she earned the nomination, which is long overdue, I feel we must say. What, 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 what? No, no, no,
1: no. no. Oh, my God.
2: You got nominated? Oh, my God. You nominated? Yes. Mommy! (laughs) It's just the way he says mommy. I don't know that I have ever been that loving towards any of my parents in my life and I feel regrets about this like this is the bar
0: I mean her children have been absolutely amazing throughout this entire press cycle her daughter has been the one dressing her on red carpets and so you'll see her tweet this is what I was thinking for the idea for mom this week like we're going all bright colors like Miss Shirley Lee Ralph for an Emmy and it worked. <laughs> it's funny. I
2: was telling my girlfriend about this video and how, you know, long overdue, Cheryl Lee Ralph has been working for decades steadily in television, just sort of like you're watching a show and there she is. And I kid you not, we're watching um, Motherland Fort Salem, which is a show about um, witches. It's not great, but it's very gay. And we look up and would you believe she plays the president of the United States? Can we make her the actual
0: president of the United
2: States? No, but we can attempt to make her an Emmy winner. We don't actually have that power, but we're. I was going to say, is there there a voting body? Can I? We're
0: manifesting. I was like, are Emmy nominations like the Kids Choice Awards, where you just vote and then you get a surfboard? (laughs) Surfboard.
2: (laughs) All right, so that's the good news for the day. Uh, Enjoy it. Roll around in it like a little piggy in some mud. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and re-watch the video of that phone call as many times as me and Madison have, which we will not disclose on air.
2: Uh, speaking of phone calls, though, that's actually kind of what we're talking about today. Because scams, they're everywhere. They're back. Well, I guess they never really left. I was like, where did they go? <laughs> they took a nice vacation, a little PTO. Uh, they're back. And it feels like recently... Our phones just will not stop buzzing with phone calls and texts and DMs from unknown numbers constantly trying to alert us to our expired car warranties, our IRS failures, and our absolutely non existent overdue medical bills. Sorry, I was getting a spam call. <laughs> we have been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. I don't even have a driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> after the break, we'll be back to talk about our own uh, recent brushes with scams and why they have suddenly started feeling so inescapable. More scams
0: after the break. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. And we're back. So, Madison, what made you think we need to talk about this right now? As the, as in, we don't talk about scams enough on this podcast.
2: The CEO of Slate tried to scam me. Parentheses, not clickbait, parentheses, story time. Um, what? <laughs> um, yeah, so our CEO tried to scam me. Please... Tell me more. So a couple of weeks ago, seven o'clock on a Monday night, and I get a text from a number I don't recognize.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Hi, Madison. I'm in a conference call right now. Can't talk on the phone, but let me know if you got my text. Thanks. Dan Check. Dan Check. Dan Check is the CEO of our company. We've had a few conversations. We do not work together intimately in any way. We certainly do not text. I best know him as the man who one time when we did a show about what... Instagram ads convinced our colleagues to buy, and Dan showed us a really great pair of cat pants.
0: They were great pants.
2: So, I get this text. There are no typos. Nothing in it is all that weird. It it rings a few alarm bells in my brain because I do this for a living, but, like... It could feasibly be real. On the off-tiny chance that the <laughs> CEO of our company needs something from me, I respond. Hey, Dan. What's up? Dan, I have an urgent task for you. Are you free? I'm suspicious at this point, but I continue because I now just need to confirm what I think is coming. Mm -hmm. Is everything okay? Yeah, I'm around. Okay, says Dan. I'm on a conference call right now, and I need to provide a client with some gift cards. Can you confirm you can get the cards from the nearest store to you? Can you Mm -hmm. handle this for me now? At which point I do not respond, because
0: this is very clearly a classic gift card scam. There we go. The moment the gift card enters the picture is the moment you stop responding. But that is wild, not only that the scammer... Got your phone number, which i swear to God my phone number is everywhere now, but knows the company that you worked at and went as far as to find out the CEO of your company? It was very specific. Mm-hmm. I really hope Dan didn't need those gift cards. <laughs> Dan, if you're out there listening, <laughs> hi. Also, Sorry. If you needed those gift cards. (laughs) The gift card scam
2: is, of course, a classic because it works like this. I run out to the store. I use my own credit card to purchase gift cards for this person who is my boss. (laughs) And then when I go to, you know, give them to my boss via text message, this person is going to ask for the gift card numbers. After the fact, my real boss is going to say, what do you mean? That wasn't me. And then I am out however many hundreds of thousands of dollars I spent of my own personal account. And someone is off at Target. Living their best life with having, an Amazon gift card. Having a great time with a MasterCard <laughs> debit.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of the oldest scams in the book. If anyone ever asked you for a Visa gift card, it's probably not real unless it's like a child in your life (laughs) have you been scammed lately rachel um i have not been scammed lately though i have had many people attempt to scam me i think i have at least three off the top of my head there's one that comes from twitter i think every few weeks ever since i got verified that says your twitter verification status is under review please click on this box did you guys hear that it was rachel bragging that she's verified on twitter Oh, it took so many years for this to happen. Of course, I'm going to brag about it. And one happened to a friend that I know who was signing up for healthcare under the Affordable Care Act, which was through the marketplace. And so she was going to a website that I assume, I guess, was not healthcare.gov, which is the legitimate website. And called the number and they were trying to get her to sign up and were like, we need your social security number for you to sign up. And she was like, Well, I I don't know if I want to do this right now. And they just kept pressing her. She talked to like three different people who were like, if you don't sign up right now, you won't have coverage in time. And it was only after she had given them her credit card number, <gasps> I think, that she realized that this was not the actual healthcare.gov. We live in a failed state. We do. The fact that this is such an established scam that there were three people involved in this. They kept being like, let me get my boss. Like, maybe they can talk you into it. But, like, you really need this health care coverage. And she did really need the healthcare care coverage. Of
2: course. We're opening with these stories about us and uh, Rachel's anonymous friend today because I think a thing that we get really wrong when we talk about these scams is to act like they don't happen to online people. Like, they don't happen to savvy folks you're you're intentionally getting played
0: yeah i mean if you haven't currently been scammed you're kind of like schrodinger's cat in that it's it's what actually you know i don't think i can make that connection Please explain how you think schrodinger's cat works to me (laughs) It's Schrodinger's scam <laughs> where in which you are constantly in a perpetual I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> uh, what we're saying, of movement. <laughs> what we're
2: saying is, Rachel, me, the cat, you are not alone. <laughs> Earlier this week, the Washington Post actually published a piece on how this constant deluge of scams is hurting more than just our wallets. Like It might seem obvious that having to ward off scams like these takes a psychic toll on us, but looking at these actual stories reported out, it's heartbreaking.
0: It really is. One of the women that The Post talked to, Pamela McCarroll, she's currently being treated for cancer. And so unlike me or you or anyone else in the world who can ignore any call coming her way from an unknown number, Pamela can't do that. So even though the majority of the calls turn out to be spam, she's on edge every single time the phone rings. And it's exhausting. She even said she started receiving calls about funeral insurance, which is... Dark. Dark. Uh, We will, of course,
2: link this excellent and depressing piece in the show notes, uh, but we're going to keep talking about it. They also spoke to a woman, Renee, who shared her experience of having received a phone call of what appeared to be her daughter's number only to have a man on the other end of the line threatening to murder her daughter if she didn't send her cash app info, which she believed at first. And then, you know, luckily sort of something smelled funky to her and the police got involved and checked in and the daughter was fine. And this was all, you know, considered real for a brief moment to Renee because of, you know, number spoofing, which is the thing Mm. where this is a bad joke. I've tweeted many times. My tweets delete, so you won't find it. But basically, the rise of robocalls has increased the number of times per week I think, oh, God, someone in my family has died. Because who calls you from your hometown?
0: No one. Me
2: neither. But sure enough, spoofed numbers is when robocallers call you from a number that is designed to look like. Either your phone number or a phone number from the area Mm -hmm. where your phone comes from. So, of course, I'm like, oh, look, my hometown. No one calls me from there except my mother with bad news.
0: Exactly. I mean, one of the benefits for me, at least, of the fact that my number is a Texas number because that's where I got my cell phone and all my medical appointments are in New York, is that I don't have to worry about whether the random New York number is in fact the doctor trying to get in contact with me about my unpaid bill. I know that it actually is an unpaid bill. But whenever (laughs) it's from Texas area, I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is. And it probably is a spam call telling me about my car insurance for a car I don't own and legally cannot drive.
2: I mean, we do have to talk about how fundamentally wild it is that you and I are describing the ways in which we monitor our phone calls to avoid having these interactions when you should be able to wake up in the morning, turn your ringer on and answer every single phone call. And have them be productive.
0: I was going to say you should wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. That's from the Dr.
2: Luke era. We don't don't go there.
0: Fair. But you know who did go there? A real housewife. (laughs) How did I know you were going to bring reality TV into this? (laughs) Because there's always a fucking connection. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star, Jen Shaw, has recently pleaded guilty and... Um, could go to prison for 11 to 14 years for engaging in a years long telemarketing robocall scheme, which means that on some level, what is happening to all of us is illegal and a prosecutable offense. And yet, and yet, my car's extended warranty <laughs> is running out as we speak. And it's not even like this is a new thing. Our former colleague Aaron Mack wrote about a spike in spam calls back in April of this year. So we have been swimming in a pot of boiling scam water for months, if not years now. What a metaphor, Rachel. Uh, (laughs) I can't swim either.
2: (laughs) It doesn't matter. The water's boiling. The swimming skills are not going to save
0: you. (laughs) Really
2: glad we just picked an upper of a topic for today.
0: Well, there are some uppers in that the boiling scam waters have given us some absolutely incredible jokes. I don't know if you've seen the trend on TikTok of we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty coming out of literally nowhere. Oh, I'm familiar. There's one I really love from at just Tammy, which I'm just going to let her explain it.
1: So I had a colonoscopy
0: today and decided to leave my gastro a little note in my butt cheeks. Tammy is looking at the camera and then shows us a little piece of folded
1: paper. Good morning. We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty.
2: This is like Crissing but better. <laughs> Rick rolling <laughs> except but <laughs> Okay, that's all the time we have for uh, fun on this topic because it's just not fun. According to spam blocking company Umail, spam calls spiked uh, in March of 2022 at 4.4 4 billion. Uh, there was a 2-month dip, a nice a brief moment, a respite, <laughs> a glimpse of a hot girl summer, but they're back up after that dip to 4.3 billion calls a month in June
0: in the United States. Cool. And the thing is, it's not just phone calls, which is mostly what I've been talking about. There are text messages, which is what Madison talked about, and also the ones that I've been getting a lot. Most recently, there's been this, I don't want to call it a trend, but this thing where you get put into a group chat with what I call your phone number cousins, which is your phone number plus or minus some Mm -hmm. digit, and then one person texts the link. I most recently was put in one with someone who got real mad about this and said, kill yourself. (laughs) At which point I was like, damn, people really are fed up with this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Some useful data from this Washington Post piece, which I read three times and just felt very seen by. Last year, consumers reported $5.8 billion in fraud to the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, which is up 70%. From 2020. Oh, my God. Yeah. And to explain that in numbers that apply a little bit more on a personal level, the app RoboKiller, which people use to weed out spam messages, reports that an average smartphone user in the United States will get an estimated 42 spam texts and 28 spam calls each month.
0: That feels about right. That feels about accurate summary of my life. What's wild to me is that there are now apps That are specifically designed to keep people from having to deal with this problem that is a problem that should be solved by the United States government. So somewhere the United States government is not doing what it needs to do and an app is stepping in and charging people money for (laughs) a service that should not be needed. I love it. It's America. It's capitalism.
2: I mean, you bring up a good question. Is there anything that can be done about this? Can the FCC actually get involved and take action? Or are we all just doomed to miss that call from Publishers Clearinghouse about the giant check (laughs) we've won
0: because we thought it was spam? (laughs) Those are some great questions. And now I'm thinking about the fact that I could be a millionaire. And we'll get into all of that and discuss what we can do, if anything, to protect ourselves after a quick break.
2: Hi there, hope you're enjoying today's show. If this is the first time you're tuning in, then welcome. We are so thrilled that you have joined us. In case you uh, missed it, our show comes out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So make sure you never miss an episode like this past Wednesday, where we talked all about beefs. Doja Cat, that kid from Stranger Things, Cardi B, The Shade Room, Leah Michelle. It's a good one. All right. And we are back. We were just talking about the FCC, which is the government organization uh, supposedly in charge of solving this problem. But
0: I'm going to ask
2: a dumb question.
0: Are they actually doing anything to fix it? Wildly? Yes, they are. Oh, They are actually doing a lot. (laughs) In 2019, all the major phone companies, so Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. Aren't those just like one giant rat king of a phone company at this point? Um. Not yet, because we still have some kind of (laughs) anti-monopoly protections in this country, but they're trying. (laughs) Okay, so the phone companies have banded together. Yes, and pledged to use a new technology called Stir Shaken, which is supposed to crack down on spam calls by requiring phone companies to verify where the calls are coming from. Stir
2: Shaken, like, like James Bond?
0: Yes. They worked backwards from the acronym.
2: To quote a TV show that is a problematic fave, James is ordering a weak martini and being snooty about it. Is there anything else that's going to save us from these calls? In 2020,
0: the Trump administration actually did something for us as the people. And past legislation meant to deal with the shit ton of robocalls. Keep in mind that was 2020. So we just said that those calls have gone up 70% since that year. <laughs> um, that legislation was called the traced Act. The TRACE Act increased fines for spam robocallers and required phone companies to speed up their work on developing tech that identifies and prevents robocalls before they reach the consumer. So they're basically trying to put the responsibility back in the hands of the people that it should be, which is phone companies to actually start working on some kind of technology to stop this from happening and also fining robocallers for doing what they're going to do, which is why Jin Shah is going to prison. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but all of this sounds great. It really
0: it really does. Mm, it still seems like nothing is going to stop scammers from coming for us. I mean, it's true. A lot of what the FCC is currently working on is that as they're finding and finding robocallers in the United States... They just move overseas. So in May of this year, the FCC passed regulations targeting overseas scammers who are targeting U.S. citizens. These regulations have to do with what's called gateway providers, which sounds like gateway drugs, (laughs) except these are that sounds fun. (laughs) Okay and they facilitate international calls. And so they're making these gateway providers have to do more work to verify that the calls coming in are legitimate. And the agency is also trying to crack down on Robotex, too, but that proposal is still pending. What I'm saying is the FCC is actually trying. And yet, <laughs> <laughs> and yet, I just
2: it feels truly like you've solve one problem and 10 more pop up. It's whack-a-mole. like whack-a-mole or um let's go Greek. Cut off its head and three more. Hydra, Hydra. Uh, I guess that's Marvel also. Uh, according to CNET, you don't the Robo them. <laughs> and you know I love them. According to CNET, the robocallers have moved on from spoofing numbers and are now buying lists of phone numbers to trick the spam blocking technology. Once again,
0: I'm just going to say it. It's, <laughs> it's functionally insane that we live in a country where we can't use our phones. And. I think what always strikes me about problems like these where we're playing whack-a-mole is that theoretically we live in a country that is primed to solve problems like this because of like capitalism and competition and market emphasis on theoretically. I mean, that's the that's the kind of draw of capitalism, right? Is that if you throw enough money at a problem, then it'll be fixed. But importantly, with this problem, no one who has the money really gives a shit. Because all that's happening is that the average U.S. consumer is suffering. There's no <laughs> money in solving suffering. So we're all just suffering. We are. And you know suffering extra? Those of us who think we
2: are... Uh not susceptible to scams, that we are too smart to get scammed because that is just putting a giant neon arrow above your head, the blinking sign that says, scam me,
0: scam me. That's kind of the draw of scam content to my mind, which is that because there is no intervention coming from Silicon Valley or from the government or from some caped crusader who actually has the money to fix this. It's all individual level solutions. And nothing makes individuals feel better than having more knowledge. And so more knowledge in this case ends up becoming scam content. But arming yourself with that knowledge will not actually prevent you from getting scammed. Just like consuming true crime content will not prevent you from becoming the victim of a crime. going to say from getting true crime. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you might end up getting true crimed. <laughs> America. <laughs> Oh, I prefer when we sing the Genovian theme song on this show. I bet Genovia doesn't have scam calls. Well,
2: they make their phone calls on pairs, so it's very low-tech over there. Again, no scam calls,
0: (laughs) and it sounds like it smells delicious.
2: It does. What we're saying is don't feel ashamed if you get got by a scam, truly. They're coming for us all, and if you haven't been scammed yet, watch your back. One thing that the Washington Post piece pointed out and that... I think immediately comes to mind when we talk about telephone scams are mm. the older adult population who are much more likely to be taken advantage of and whose losses could be significantly worse because if you're scamming my twenty year old butt, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll probably just tweet about it to Here's be completely the honest. <laughs> number, There's, you're not getting to Connecticut on what is in that bank account, but you know, an older retiree,
0: you know the stories. So I don't need to lay them out; they're horrifying. I mean, also because scams, as we know them. Are becoming increasingly personalized in the way that Dan Check texted Madison and told her that he needed a gift card. We
2: should probably run this whole episode by both Dan Check and our lawyer. Hi, Dan Check. Hi, lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Because, you know, they prey on real human emotion. For me, it was, oh, God, does the CEO of our company need me to do something? I want to be a good employee. In terms of elder scamming, we're talking about loneliness
0: or fear, you know, having somebody on the phone to talk to you all of a sudden. And the fact that we as in me and you are constantly finding ways to avoid picking up spam calls because we are extremely online and have the ability to do that. That doesn't exist for an older population that is not as internet literate as me and you and also shouldn't have to be to avoid getting their retirement savings taken from them. Not to mention, I am fully unembarrassed to
2: admit that for a brief moment I thought Dan Check was texting me. But if you're an older person who gets scammed, the the feelings of shame are, you know, there's a reason we don't talk about this nearly as much as we should.
0: Basically what we're saying is call your grandparents and check on them, or your elderly parents, or any other elder in your life, and tell them, please don't pick up that number from Wisconsin. Make sure you call them from a number they will recognize, Or, you know, knock on their door. There are certainly a few things you can do to
2: stay vigilant about scam attempts. Here's the part where we try to give you some uplifting advice before we leave you. <laughs> Read your emails and messages very carefully. All I'm saying is if there's one too many O's in Google, it's probably actually not an email from Google.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Check the email address of where it's coming from. That is actually one of the biggest tip offs of where a scam email could be coming from. Is it a capital I or is it a lowercase L? Who knows? Is there an extra T in Twitter? <laughs> be suspicious
2: of incoming calls and texts from unknown numbers. I'm sorry. Perhaps the the giant check from the clearinghouse will come for me someday. But until <laughs> then, I'm going to be uh, giving them a little side eye and constant vigilance. <laughs> it sucks that there really is no good, like, hard and fast. If you do these three things, you will be safe forever.
0: I mean, again... We have both almost gotten taken in and we do all of these things. And I have honestly reached a point recently where if I get scammed, I get scammed and I'm not going to feel bad about it because they're evolving and I can't keep up and I'm just so tired. You know, (laughs) what were you just saying the other day? What's the Jurassic Park line? Life will
2: find a way. <laughs> <laughs> scammers will find a way. Oh, they
0: will. If there's anything, scammers like cockroaches. To be completely honest, if there's anything that's gonna keep coming back, it's gonna be the scam.
2: Uh, so we can only fix this if the system changes. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna end at our usual spot here on ICymi, which is uh, make some phone calls. Call your senators. Call your grandparents. Call Rachel's grandparents. <laughs> They'd love that. All right, that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Wednesday, so definitely subscribe. It's the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. And all of our helpful tech tips, we know you love them. Please leave us a rating review in Apple and Spotify. Tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod. Feel free to DM us screenshots of the wild texts you've received from your not, not CEO. You can also email us. We are ICYMI at Slate.com.
0: ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader, Madison mullen Kircher, and me, Rachel Hampton. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is slate's VP of Audio. See you online. We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. To BuzzFeed, where we saw her with a whole cache of talent. Like a cache? No, cache. Cache. It's a cache. (laughs) (laughs) Geocache. (laughs) In case you missed it. Okay.